please state your name. Ben Blaine. My name is Victoria Hudson. Jacob Hab. What do you want to learn about company culture, if anything? I would like to learn if there are different models, different company cultures that work well, even though they're different. Like, um, I feel like a lot of it's management, like how they treat employees, just kind of hearing from other employees and like seeing how they feel about the company culture. How to make it better myself. Hello and welcome back to Walton Biz Talk, a student-run podcast where we have casual conversations about professional things. This podcast is powered by the Business Communication Lab at the Sam M. Walton College of Business. I'm your host, Savannah Rubino, and with me is my co-host and the GA here at the BCL, Gracie. Hello, I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to do this season's podcast with you. I'm excited too because this season we're taking a deep dive into company culture. So first, I want to talk about what we did last season and why we determined that company culture would be a good move for this season particularly. So company culture, I think, Gracie, do you want to go ahead and share a definition that we found online? Mm -hmm. I feel like company culture is one of those kind of like big business words. Buzzwords. Yeah, buzzwords. Yeah, business buzzword. Um, that can mean a lot of different things, but I think that's also one of the reasons why we chose it, right? Um, so when we talk about company culture, we're talking about a company's shared values, attributes, and characteristics of that company or that organization. So it's kind of like this combination between like the work environment, um, the company mission, like what is your boss like? How do they lead? What kind of values do they instill and what kind of in values do they talk about? Um, what are the ethics? What do they uh, consider right and wrong when they're doing things? What are their expectations of you? How much do they expect you to work? How much do they pay you? All sorts of stuff like that. And also just the goals of the company. Right. And I think having that segue from empathy into company culture is so fitting because there's so much overlap that we're going to experience in this season. For example, um, talking about different personality types last semester and how they work and fit together in the workplace. And now with company culture, um, it's interesting here, we were literally just talking about how at the Business Communication Lab, we have every type of personality you could ever think of. I think every person is so different than the next but we all it's like one big kind of puzzle we all Mm -hmm. fit together it's really cute Mm -hmm. um but it's also just like gracie said a buzzword and there's so many trends around company culture right now obviously the biggest one that we've heard is the great resignation where people have decided over the pandemic they know what they want out of a job whether it's remote whether it's in person whether it's uh freelance or whether they would like to be in a corporate environment. And I think it's really important for us to note that company culture is not necessarily corporate culture. Mm. But corporate culture is company culture. So this season it will be it will be able to open our eyes to a lot of different companies and the different cultures that they have to offer because from industry to industry, there's so many differences. And so we've heard about the great resonation, but I wanted to bring to light a few of the different trends that I've been seeing, which I think it's so funny that TikTok of all platforms is probably the, I think the biggest influence on company culture today, mm-hmm. specifically for, I would say millennial and Gen Z and then 
whatever comes after Gen Z. I'm not even in the know. What are they Zoomers, calling those now? Or is that what Gen Zs? I are? thought we were the. I thought I was a Zoomer. Are you a Are you a Gen Z? No, girl, I'm millennial. Okay. <laughs> Remember, because we took that thing and it told me that I had the personality of a baby boomer. Oh right. But that I was actually millennial. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I don't know who, so... What are they, I don't know what they're called. The children. The children. We'll get on that. But, essentially, there's so many drivers in the TikTok community that are leading with transparency, like we've never seen before. There's this whole movement about no gatekeeping, you know, that doesn't only pertain to company culture. But one thing that we've been seeing a lot is quiet quitting, which is essentially a movement that's driven by Gen Z to set boundaries at work and do quote unquote the bare minimum as opposed to quote unquote going above and beyond. And so Gracie, I wanna hear what you think of this because I'm not sure who gave quiet quitting its name, but once you hear the definition, it really doesn't sound like quitting at all. No, I have really strong feelings about this because to me, quiet quitting is just another word for doing what you're paid to do. Um, Like often, and this is kind of cynical, but I think it's true. um, Often we're not necessarily rewarded for like giving 150%, right? Mm. And especially like in certain jobs that you have, and so to me, quiet quitting is just like, I'm just going to do what I'm paid to do right. uh, because that's what I'm getting compensated to do. So I'm going to do what you want me to do and I'm going to do my job duties, but like, I'm not going to kill myself for no extra money. Right. Right. And it's gained a lot of traction in good ways. And it's interesting to see the response from different generations, right? We talked about you and I, millennial and Gen Z, Mm -hmm. and there's overall positive response to quiet quitting from our generation, I would say, but then you get to the older generations, boomers, Gen X, and they're really against this quiet quitting movement. Um, I have a quote in here, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, you have to go beyond because you want to. That's just how you achieve success. What are your thoughts on that, Gracie? I just, um, if we think about who's typically being asked to go above and beyond, like it's uh, it's marginalized people, right? Like it's women. It's people that have to constantly prove themselves when they walk into a room that they have authority and that they're competent and that they should be there. Like not everyone has to do that, right? Like men don't have to do that in the same way that women do. Um, and so like the people that are going, like what you said, the people are going beyond what they beyond what the job description is I don't know if that's because they want to I think that's just because they have to like in order to even get the same amount of credit as someone else you know what I mean and you bring a great point because when I was researching quiet quitting one of the things that I saw is that particular um you know different groups especially women people of color were saying that it's not as easy for us Mm -hmm. to do quiet quitting You know, sometimes we have to go above and beyond to be recognized as equal. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting that you say that. Um, But I also, what mesmerizes me is that a couple years ago, you know, this quiet quitting is a huge contrast to what we were experiencing years ago, which was this hustle culture, Mm -hmm. which is defined by by these like Wolf of Wall Street-esque groups that, you know, the, we all know the phrase, the grind never stops. Mm. So now that people, I'm, I'm not really sure that this is a negative thing as much as it is setting a healthy boundary sure. um, between you and your work life. 
For sure. But to get into a little bit more about the work-life balance, we can now talk about another very hot topic regarding company culture, which is unlimited paid time off. And Gracie, you said you weren't really familiar with this. No, I guess because I don't take... Speaking of healthy boundaries, I don't really take any time off, uh, which I should, but, you know, just like being a graduate student and an instructor, it's like the way that time off works is a little bit different. But yeah, I'm really excited to learn about this. So unlimited paid time off is sort of a newer thing. I'm not even sure if it's reached the academia industry yet because it was kind of pioneered by the tech groups and startup industry, that sort of area. So unlimited PTO is essentially the idea that companies are going to give you as much time off as you would like, but they're not going to force you to take any time off. And this paid time off is normally approved by your manager. So the Mm -hmm. first thing that comes to my mind is what if you don't have a good relationship with Mm -hmm. your manager? Mm -hmm. Um, And the second is... I don't even know what I would consider. Granted, I haven't been really in the workforce that long, if even that much. I don't have too much experience. So I don't even know what a reasonable amount of time to take off looks like. Obviously, it may look different for everyone. But then there's the pressure of especially demanding fields. Um, You know, if you're working on Wall Street, working 80 hours a week, some people are going to feel like it would be more harmful for them to take time off than to just stay at work and push through Mm -hmm. the tough seasons. Mm -hmm. That also kind of goes along with quiet quitting to me, or those two things seem like to be in conversation with each other. Because it's like, if we, I don't know, and and again, maybe I'm just being cynical, and I probably am. Um, Do we feel like, okay, if one person, if both people are, are offered paid time off, um, is the boss naturally going to put those two people on equal ground if one of them doesn't take it? You know what I mean? Like, right. I still feel like there's a there's an uh, like a facet of optics to this. Um, and it's like, okay, we can say that we're giving people time off and, and paying and, you know, you have what you want as long as it's negotiated with your manager. But I still feel like there's going to be that grind mentality of, like, right. who's going to get rewarded? It's the person that's not taking the time off. And here's what gets me is that once upon a time, I used to be an accounting major. Mm. I'm not anymore. But one of the things that we would learn in my accounting classes is about, obviously, the checks and balances and how to prevent fraud. And one of those was making people take time off mm. because we haven't really seen the repercussions yet of this new unlimited PTO. I'm interested to see if this leads to, you know, people becoming too enthralled in their work. And, you know, maybe we do see some more fraud. Maybe we do see some behavior that we wouldn't have seen if we did have those. You know, they would say take people take time off so that people, you know, someone else takes over your job. It's very easy to find out the pipe where the leak is coming from, mm-hmm. basically. So... I will say I I found some numbers and a 2018 survey, this is from BBC, showed that workers with the unlimited paid time off took fewer holidays than those with the fixed allocation. And then according to another poll, one third of US workers with unlimited paid time off always work on holiday, Hmm. which is insane to me. I'm trying to think about the jobs that I've had and uh, besides academia, most of them you're required to work on holidays. Because I think I worked a lot in, like, retail and right. fast food. And it was, like, 
the we weren't open on like Christmas, but we had to either work Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve or something. Um, that's really interesting. It also like makes me think like what industries are more likely to do the unlimited paid time off? Like manual labor jobs are probably not going to do that. And like right. retail jobs are not going to do that. And that's another, that brings up another problem that, or criticism that I was seeing with the quiet quitting is that a lot of people opposed to it that were Gen Z or millennial and weren't just saying work hard, play hard mm -hmm. basically is that, Hey, you're a part of a team. We're all doing our fair share. So you need to be doing your fair share which is an interesting take as well. And I don't necessarily think that quiet quitting means that you're not doing your fair share. Um, but, you know, maybe people feel that way with the unlimited paid time off as well, that they're going to be um, taking vacation during a time where it's really critical for them to be there and other people are going to have to take those over. But you should never, you know, I just don't think that that, that I always think that there's, that your healthy relationship with your work comes over the needs of the company personally. Mm -hmm. um, but Which that's what's like company culture, right? Yeah. Like is you want you want to work for a company where that's true. Right. As we've seen, it's not always been transparent how company culture manifests in different industries, but we did talk about this a little bit before, but TikTok is actually one of the main pioneers for this transparency across different industries because we see, and Gracie, I'm not sure if you're on TikTok, are you? I'm not because I have an addictive personality and if I get TikTok, I'm never going to do anything else with my life. Okay, listeners, hashtag get Gracie on TikTok. We <laughs> will at the end of sends, the season. My mom sends TikToks to me. Isn't that okay. weird that my mother uses TikTok and she like is constantly sending me those? I'll work on it. I'll think about it. Awesome. Well, I'm sure you haven't seen these then, but TikToks, a lot of people are posting a day in the life, which started out as kind of just a fun during the pandemic. Hey, this is how I'm using my time, my spare time, now that we all are at home and we literally have nothing to do. But now that people are going back to work, we're seeing a lot more um, of the mechanics of these complex industries. So for example, I can see, you know, what used to seem like very disconnected from us, the Wall Street, mm -hmm. um, economic way of life, that sort of thing that we only see in movies. Now I can see that in a 30 second clip mm -hmm. on TikTok. I can see exactly what an analyst on Wall Street does. And like I said, there's this idea that there's no gatekeeping in Gen Z and in the millennial generation. And I think that's, actually a very big deciding factor in what industries people want to go into. Mm -hmm. I'll admit from a personal perspective that one of the reasons that I decided to um, change my major and that I decided that accounting or finance wasn't for me is from hearing the stories shared by other people online about how demanding some companies can be in the industry. Mm -hmm. And so I decided that that simply wasn't something that I saw myself doing and that's perfectly fine because as much as we, with company culture, that we want to see what we like, we also want to see what we don't like. Mm -hmm. And it's going to vary from person to person. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think, like, getting, talking to people, and I think we'll talk more about this in the season, but, like, getting to talk to people that are there and and them being truthful with you, this is what it looks like, right? Because you said earlier, um, you know, we've all seen TV shows of what it's like to be on Wall Street, right? right? Or, like... 
movies with very famous actors in it about what it's like to be on Wall Street. But I think what's cool about this TikTok thing is that, hey, this is actually what it's like. To be fair, there's probably still some sort of performance, but it's not like Hollywood, right? And so I, like, I just, yeah, I just think that's really cool. And the final trend that I'll talk about is something that really intrigued me because we've heard the great resignation as a trend in the workplace. But now there's this phenomena. Is that grammatically correct? Phenomena or phenomenon? Either. We, you know, when when are we grammatically correct? (laughs) True. Okay. Phenomenon of the boomerang worker, which Gracie hadn't even heard of this. I literally just shared with her. The boomerang worker is a worker that has worked at a company, left that company, and is now returning to that company. And it used to be something that was frowned upon. You know, if you left a company, it wasn't necessarily like you burned a bridge, but you kind of burned a bridge. And so now these workers are being welcomed back to the workplace that they used to work at, partly because it's very difficult to find people to fill positions. Mm -hmm. And having someone who has that prior experience makes it all the more easier on the company. Mm -hmm. So a statistic that I found from CNBC is that one in five people who quit their jobs during the pandemic have already returned to them. That's so interesting. Because, yeah, I feel like you said, I feel like we, I don't hear about that as much. I don't much. either. Like, and I would love to know mm-hmm. what has changed. Mm-hmm. Have Is it more of a change within the individual? Or mm-hmm. did they come back? Were they able to negotiate, you know, a higher salary or remote work or whatever they were looking for? That's true. Could they not find what they were looking for? I mean, we don't really have all the answers right now. But it's definitely something I wanted to bring up because I think it will be great to return to that yeah. maybe later on the semester when we get more information about that. That's that's really interesting because I didn't even think about that when we were talking about it earlier um, is that because I kind of just assumed oh well, people went back to their to their jobs that they left because maybe they needed the money and that was something that they were already familiar with right. um, but I didn't think about it possibly being you know COVID impacting a specific industry so much where employees now have more power to negotiate things that is really because I didn't think about that but yeah I don't I don't feel like I hear about these stories as much on social media as just people straight up quitting during COVID exactly not returning exactly so that's going to be a really interesting point to return to like I said but speaking of company culture trends I would like to know that some of our tutors did have internships this summer, and I want to hand it over to them to hear some words about their experiences. So here are a few clips from our tutors. Can you please state your name and the company that you worked for? Yeah, my name is Jackie Widener, and I worked for Sewell Automotive Companies this summer as an intern. Great, and can you describe Sewell's company culture in three words? It's very structured, uh, far-reaching, and helpful. And would you care to share some of your favorite components of the company culture at Seoul? Yeah, so we had a couple things called guiding principles and golden standards. And one of those that was kind of tied in was the company's emphasis on continued education. So not letting their employees get too comfortable uh, farther into their career and always placing that emphasis on getting better each and every day was really, really cool. I liked a lot about the company. That's great. So what does company culture mean to you? For me, I think the way that I perceived it this summer was 
kind of people's view on their own employer. Like everyone wants to work for someone that they enjoy and that they respect. Um, and that was really prevalent at Sewell. Everyone had a really great attitude coming to work every day, um, especially at our Saturday meetings. It was great. But yeah. And then finally, what did you learn about yourself during this internship and how you thrive in the workplace? Um, something that really stood out to me that was really encouraged by the company over the entire summer was work-life balance. Um, a lot of the people that work there are very competitive, very hard workers, um, and sometimes that can lead to overworking themselves. And so the company has realized that, and Sewell has really placed an emphasis on focusing on mental, physical, uh, anything like that, well-being, um, just health in general. So continuing that work-life balance throughout your career is really important to me, and I want to work for a company that understands that. Now that we've heard some of the experiences that our wonderful tutors have had this summer and how company culture has manifested at the companies that they worked for, now I kind of want to establish what we want to learn this semester. So Gracie, would you like to guide this? Sure, sure. So um, what we want to learn and what we've, and again, all of this kind of what I love about this podcast is it is just an ongoing conversation. Um, and we do have kind of these research questions that we start with, which that sounds really nerdy, but like research questions that we start with. Um, but first, so we want to know when's the time to make a decision to get out of a toxic company culture? Because I think we all were, a lot of us are able to recognize toxic company culture, but it's a whole other conversation. Like, when do I leave it? Right. Um, what do you do when you feel like there aren't any options? So like if you're in a if you're in a toxic company but like you need the money what do you do or like you don't really you're not don't have a lot of power to negotiate or things like that so we want to know that's kind of a two parter um, and we also want to know should you try to change a culture if you aren't happy or should you leave which I'm really interested about this one um, just because I feel like we're gonna get different answers from different people so yeah so we want to know about recognizing toxic company cultures, but also what are our options when we're in them. And I would like to know how company culture develops mm -hmm. because company culture is not something, or maybe it is something, actually, I don't know. Is it something that is being led just from the top mm -hmm. or do you find, now I have to make a reference to literally my favorite movie ever, The Devil Wears Prada. Have you ever seen that movie? Yes, 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 yes. yes. You know, we saw, the, everyone there was pretty much toxic. Mm -hmm. And you see the main character, the protagonist, kind of develop those toxic traits as the time goes on, as she works for the place longer. But can we really say that it was just Miranda Priestley mm -hmm. at the top setting the tone? Or was it everyone as a collective kind of chiming in? And how do we break the cycle there? Mm -hmm. I'm really interested to see, to see what people from different industries can say about that. But yeah, now on that note, I would love to talk about why this information is relevant to you and kind of how to put it into practice. I know that our audience consists mainly of those who are college students, grad students, and even if you're someone who does have a lot of work experience listening to this podcast, I think that work culture is changing so rapidly. There's so many different new trends that I think it helps everyone to keep as a manager especially if you're managing people to know what's going on and what issues 
your employees are facing. Mm -hmm. What do you think as someone who's managing, you're the GA now, so you're Mm -hmm. managing people in a sense. Yeah, I think I was thinking about this a lot, actually. Just our conversations about company culture and like what I do to contribute to company culture. Cause I think like what we're talking about is important for people, you know, that are deciding to enter into companies or leave, uh, leave companies. But I also, like you said, I think this is important for people that exist in an organization already. Um, cause let's be honest, we all like work in some ways and it doesn't even have to be like a company. It could just be in a club that you're in an organization. Like to some extent there's a culture whenever you get with a group of people. Um, and so, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. This is, this is useful for people entering into industry, but also like just the person that is working already. I would like to kind of hear what you think the BCL culture is like. I think, dun, dun, um, I really, and I think I've said this last season, but I really, really appreciate the company and the work culture that we have here. Um, it's honestly probably the health, healthiest one I've ever worked at. Really? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, what I especially appreciate is that I feel like everyone is contributing to the culture, like not just Ryan and Liza, who are our bosses, but also the other tutors is that we all seem to be very empathetic towards each other, to pull back from last season. Um, But everyone seems to be really empathetic, and it also just seems like people are genuinely excited to be here, which makes it so much more fun to come to work when these people are excited to be here. I completely agree, and as someone who interned over the summer, I can say my experience as the first time working with a manager in a corporate setting was, I don't know if this has to do with generations, because I noticed that you're a millennial. My manager was a millennial, I believe. And I felt like that was a very healthy work culture, too. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was being taken care of not only as an employee, but as an individual. And just the things like having the camera on yeah. and being asked, what is my win of the week at the team meetings is makes more of a difference than I think some leaders even know. Sure. So I'm so excited to hear from leaders across so many different industries. And I think you all are going to enjoy the lineup that we have for this season. With that, if you like what you heard, please download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're at it, follow us on Instagram at Walton underscore BCL. That's all for this week. We'll be back soon with casual conversations about professional things.